Chapter Sixteen of Making Fate by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen: As Others See Us. Oh, what some power the gifty gee us to see ourselves as others see us. Notwithstanding the injury which his companions had done to this estimable young man by not urging him to the important step which he now contemplated he could not seriously regret the delay for he told himself that he could not have had a more opportune time than the present he by no means used in thinking it over the words which would have honestly described his desire which was to create a sensation instead he made use of a phrase which he had somewhere heard about letting his light shine it seemed an eminently appropriate idea he had light plenty of it why not let it shine he interrupted estelle's description with an apparently irrelevant remark your little sister glide has developed in a new direction has she not of late oh yes said estelle wondering by what process of mental arithmetic he had added glide to the theme which they were supposed to be considering the child really blossomed out when she went on her trip with uncle anthony i think i never knew a girl to change so much in so short a time i can't define the change either it eludes description but it is perfectly palpable nevertheless how does she exhibit it to you i thought she seemed more seriously inclined than usual serious religiously do you mean has she been talking to you estelle laughed as though this were a matter for amusement and also one which demanded apology don't mind her ralph it is something that will wear off she fell in with a company of fanatics i think while she was away very queer people they must have been from the account she gives she went to a meeting somewhere down among the slums i suppose judging from the character of the people and there she heard all sorts of queer ideas advanced she is at an impressionable age you know and the whole thing evidently made a deep impression we are very much surprised to see in what way new york life took hold of her it is the last experience we should have expected with uncle anthony for a companion he is eminently practical if glide were not so young and so easily influenced i should feel quite worried about her for of all fanaticisms i think religious is the very worst do not you ralph shielded by the darkness curled his mustached lip very slightly he did not call glide's words to him fanatical on the contrary he considered them not only sensible but reasonable he told himself that he had a much higher opinion of her religion than he had of estelle's then he assured himself that he must always have had a religious nature in order to have such matters impress him as they did perhaps he should really quite enjoy his change of base when he went to his room that evening he took down the bible which had been a gift of his sunday-school teacher on his fifteenth birthday and which had been opened only at rare intervals since and looked at its pages with a certain degree of interest this was part of the new life which he had resolved to commence where should he read why not at the very beginning people who profess to use the bible daily should know it as a whole the thought of turning to the life of christ 
and making himself acquainted with the character which had so impressed Glyde, occurred to him, but was promptly dismissed. He could not have told why he shrank from this. He did not allow himself to realize that he did so. He simply explained to himself that the New Testament was for children and undeveloped young people like Glyde Douglas. Every ordinarily educated person of his years was more or less familiar with it. He remembered its stories perfectly. He would take the very first chapter of the Old Testament. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The majestic story spread itself before him, calling upon a thoughtful man to take in its stupendous simplicity and depth. But very little attention did this reader pay to the words over which his eyes were roving. It is an actual fact that it had not deeply impressed itself upon him that it was important to give his entire mind to what he read. His thoughts, if they had been written out, would have been something like this. I wonder what that immaculate Mrs. Edmonds would think, could she know how I am occupied just at this time. She believes that I have gone to the dogs because I have chosen to accept a salary which will help my father, instead of hanging around all winter doing nothing, waiting for something to come to me. It is not the position which I should have chosen, but it is the one evidently to which Providence assigned me. When he thought this, he felt religious in the extreme, and put away even from his memory all knowledge of the fact that his own obstinacy and carelessness had closed some doors which were apparently wide open. The first chapter of Genesis and the accompanying thoughts moved on together. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness and so far from this new business demoralizing me, as I believe my Lady Edmonds hopes it will, I am actually beginning a new life because of it. I wonder if Marjorie reads her Bible every day. Such a saint as her mother must have brought her up to these habits, I should think, though to be sure Marjorie has a mind of her own. The views of most other people do not affect her. I fancy I know one who can influence her when he really sets about it. That little Glyde seemed to think that all Marjorie needed to bring her out as a church member was for me to take the lead. I shouldn't wonder if she were correct. I think I shall unite with the church at once. There is no use in waiting after one's mind is made up. I believe the communion service in our church occurs on the first Sunday in the year. That is an interesting time at which to take a stand. I should like to have Marjorie join with me, but that would be too soon for her, perhaps, and, on the whole, the effect may be better if I come out first and alone. There might be some who would be foolish enough to think that I was influenced by her if we came together. I think I will go alone. If there are no others to join at that time, so much the better, as my example will be all the stronger. The chapter finished, and he ended it with the thought, I hope some of those self-righteous persons who decided that because I tried to do the best I could for my family I was on the high road to perdition, will have their eyes opened to see that there are thoughtful, conscientious people in the world besides themselves. He closed the Bible and assumed the attitude of prayer. When before had he been on his knees? His mind went swiftly back to the time when his little sister Dora lay dying, 
and the minister asked them all to kneel while he prayed for her passing soul he had knelt with the rest but kept his eyes on his sister's face and had seen a strange light come into her eyes and a heavenly smile bathe her features as though the angels about whom she had talked had indeed come to get her as a matter of fact when the prayer was finished and they arose from their knees it was found that dora had gone away ralph had thought then that he never should forget that look and the impressions which the entire scene left upon his heart but he was barely sixteen at that time and he had not thought of his little sister before for years one sentence of the minister's prayer came back to him as he knelt and wondered what it would be proper to say prepare us each for this solemn hour when it shall come to us the thought of death had startled him then it startled him now he did not want to be prepared for that solemn hour he wanted to live he intended to live to be a successful business man yes and a successful christian to be respected admired he had always been considered an estimable young man it was quite time that he was also an example for others in this direction he had no objection whatever so that it did not interfere with his success in life oh he did not let that idea halt before him so he could look at it and see what it really meant it simply floated through his mind it will be noted that he had yet to learn that people who are prepared for the solemn hour of death are the only ones who are ready to live but all this was not praying the kneeling man began to feel a certain sense of awe at the thought that he was in the presence of the lord and preparing to speak to him what words would be appropriate what did he want if he had but realized that he did not want anything which it would be wise to bring before the lord jesus christ the thought might have helped him instead he began to feel that he must be naturally of a very reverent disposition since the idea of prayer filled him with such a sense of awe at last he decided and began in an appropriate tone our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done and continued through to the majestic closing for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory nothing he assured himself could be more proper than the lord's own prayer which he had himself taught his disciples that ought to voice all the needs of the human soul and it was as familiar to him as his own name alas for ralph the green parrot on its perch in the minister's study could have recited the words nearly as well as he and would have had almost as full a sense of their deep spiritual meaning thy kingdom come how little this young man cared for the lord's kingdom if his prayer had been answered then and there and the kingdom had been set up on the earth hardly anything could have interfered more entirely with his plans and hopes how very far he was from desiring to do the lord's will whenever that will was pleasant convenient in a line with his own ideas and inclinations why then of course but the moment the wills crossed it must be ralph bramlett's which was to have the ascendancy this was not only his wish but his intention although he had never put it into words more is the pity if we would occasionally put our passing thoughts into bold words and study their spirit 
they might teach us to know ourselves ralph bramlett did not in the least understand that such was his trend of thought on the whole he arose from his knees quite satisfied with himself he had begun the new life he had read the bible he had prayed he had declined to give any promise to glide concerning these matters and had not when he left her intended to give them a second thought so it was no weak girl's influence which had brought him to a decision it was his own superior judgment and will this recollection gave him great pleasure meantime mr maxwell's acquaintance with the edmonds family had made rapid progress not apparently because of the planning of any of them but by natural sequence on the first evening following their walk together when he and marjorie met in the hall it was of course entirely the proper thing to do to ask particularly after her welfare and as to whether the unusual exposure on the evening before had worked ill in any way of course for marjorie to have assumed the air of a stranger after his extreme friendliness and kindness would have been ridiculous so they presently found themselves chatting together as friends of some standing mr maxwell had a book in his hand and explained to marjorie that he had found a description of her glen or else there was a remarkable degree of similarity between two choice portions of the world and he challenged her to listen while he read this roused a discussion with regard to that glen and some others and led to a talk concerning that particular author and other authors and books in general so that when mr maxwell who had been invited to take a seat while he was reading his extract arose to go it came to pass that it was quite an hour later than when he stopped in the hall for kindly inquiries he apologized for his intrusion and mrs edmonds met him cordially don't apologize i beg we have enjoyed the hour marjorie and i are often quite alone here at this time of day it is pleasant to have company and to talk with a third person about the books we have been reading is a refreshment to me i come in contact with so few people in these days who seem to read books at all at least any that i care for as she spoke her daughter regarded her with a sort of tender surprise had her mother then been often lonely they had lived such a preoccupied and entirely satisfactory life together she and ralph that the mother had perhaps been sometimes almost forgotten oh they had read many books together she and her mother their winter afternoons were almost certain to be spent in this way but when ralph came the books had been laid aside as a matter of course and conversation and music had taken their place with her not with her mother she was obliged to admit mrs edmonds did not sing and marjorie realized that their habits of late hers and ralph's had been to go early in the evening to the piano to turn over the music and sing snatches of favorite songs conversing together between times generally in low tones so as not to disturb the reading which was being carried on at the further end of the room her mother always had beside her a book which was supposed to occupy her quiet moments it really had not occurred to marjorie until now that possibly at those times she felt alone 
it was perhaps because she was grieved and penitent over this new idea that she accepted with such cordiality mr maxwell's next kind offer of friendship they had been speaking about a new book one which was creating a sensation in the literary world in the course of the next two or three days mr maxwell announced that he had secured a copy of the book and that if it would be entirely agreeable he would like to read aloud from it on leisure evenings while they worked he confessed frankly that he had grown very weary of reading alone was in fact hungering and thirsting for an audience this was while ralph bramlett was still in new york so marjorie's evenings were entirely at her disposal she hailed the proposition with gratitude even on her own account she had so many things to think about with which she began to have an instinctive feeling that her mother was not in sympathy that she could not help thinking it would be a relief to seem to be occupied in listening to some one reading aloud while at the same time she was at liberty to carry on her own train of thought but mr maxwell proved to be a delightful reader and the book he had chosen was one calculated to fascinate a cultivated taste by the time he was well into the story she had determined to leave her individual thinking to more convenient hours and give undivided attention to the book they did not make very rapid progress with the story it was surprising how many questions they had to stop to discuss and how many arguments were carried on vigorously with regard to the writer's views or style or intentions by degrees the entire plot of the book not only as it had already appeared but as they fancied it would develop was eagerly discussed and improvements suggested and when a difference of opinion was expressed each combatant argued with energy for his side at first marjorie meant to listen allowing her mother and mr maxwell to do the arguing but this was by no means so easy a task as she had supposed she found that her own ideas were pronounced and would insist on being brought to the front she found also that mr maxwell's ideas often differed from hers and that an argument between them could be spirited with a keen play of wit on either side and yet could be thoroughly enjoyable very often during this war of ideas mrs edmonds of choice dropped a little into the background and indulged in her own thoughts which ran a little in this wise how is it possible that marjorie can enjoy such conversations with a thoroughly cultivated man and not feel how sharp is the contrast between him and ralph bramlett but there is no accounting for the obtuseness of some young women under certain circumstances during those days marjorie's loyal heart drew no pictures illustrating the difference between the two gentlemen she enjoyed mr maxwell she was ready to heartily agree with her mother that he was refined and scholarly and that the hours of reading he had given them were very pleasant not only but educational in the best sense and perhaps at the very moment her heart would be wondering how much longer ralph meant to wait before writing sometimes she would ask herself if it would be possible that she had so hurt him by her manner that afternoon that he was really afraid to write at all if she could have been sure of that she would have written to him during those early days 
when ralph finally returned and the notes were exchanged and the real break came mr maxwell became marjorie's greatest stronghold he knew nothing of course of the fiery trial through which she was passing she could therefore sit quietly in his presence and seemed to listen as before to his reading and live all the time her separate life of self-concentrated pain without tearing her mother's heartstrings by solitude so she hailed the advent of another book when the first was finished with such evident satisfaction as to deceive even her mother thus it came to pass that the readings became an almost nightly occurrence if the reader noticed that marjorie took little part in the discussions he made no sign but talked as well and with as keen a zest as before and in truth mrs edmonds was a woman whose ideas were well worthy of attention and respect what a curious revelation there would have been to these three if the secrets of hearts could have suddenly been laid bare before them something like this would have been the result for each with surprised eyes to read marjorie it is just a year ago to-night that we went to hartwell together and ralph gave me his photograph taken in that new way and he said marjorie let us have our photographs taken every year for each other until i am eighty after that i suppose we will not care for fresh ones i wonder if it is possible that he does not think of any of those old times oh i must not think of them any more i must not let poor mamma know that i am living in my past mrs edmonds my poor darling if her mother only dared to tell her how much she sympathizes with her every one of these evenings is an anniversary of something which now gives her pain if i could be sure that the pain would last and that i ought to give her up to him i would humiliate myself yes crucify myself for her sake and try to bring them together i am persuaded that it would take but a word from me he is simply sulking and cannot get the consent of his pride to make the first advance but oh surely it cannot be that i ought mr maxwell she is paler than usual to-night women with hearts must needs feel even though the object which calls out those feelings is made of the merest putty i must try to hold the mother's attention away from her to-night i see no other way to help her yet End of chapter 16